Hello, welcome to the No Holes Bar Witchcraft Podcast, episode 101, which technically I believe that makes it series two, Chris. Is that right? Series two? It does make it series two. Uh, creeping in multiple ways, given that we haven't even uh, recorded the 100th episode yet. This is this is <laughs> some sort of temporal fuckery, is it not? Well, that's what they come here for, innit? Temporal fuckery. Do they? Okay, if you say so. <laughs> uh, mon- multi-dimensional fuckery, I suppose. We are renowned for that. You've been putting this one off, because it's been on the list for a while, and for some reason you didn't want to do it in the first series. In fact... I was under the impression you didn't want to do this episode at all and that someone on the Patreon bullied you into doing a podcast episode. You wanted all this to be on tier two or above, I believe. <laughs> yes, because it's it's dodge and people take things out of out of context. Okay. So frame for us the correct context. For these whores of Babylon. <laughs> <clears throat> so, tricky, tricky, tricky. Um, whores of Babylon. Yeah, we're doing that one, aren't we? Yeah. This is the this is the Mesopotamian problem then. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Because you said something very different earlier today. Did I? Yeah. Oh, did I get my you... problems mixed up? <laughs> you got your problems mixed up. Which is where I was a bit confused. Oh, okay. I believe you were maybe thinking this was the uh, the Norse problem, is what we were yeah. talking about. Or no, we were specifically at, be asked to talk about the bigger problem, so it's the Mesopotamian problem, Chris. You've got to reveal all today what the problem entails. What is problematic about a load of nitwits messing around with binary code <laughs> i mean it's okay if the nitwits change the desktop theme from time to time but when they start taking the back off of the computer and fiddling about with microchips and stuff bad shit can often happen bad shit definitely can happen so obviously the big to kind of put them in order i guess so the the norse problem neither of us are particularly bothered by um, because let's face it, America needs a reset every now and again. But the um, but the problem for us is more. Well, I don't think it's a problem for us. We, we're not contracted, are we? But the it's a problem. It's a problem. It don't need to be our problem, Chris. It don't need <laughs> to be our problem to be a problem. I know that if you are one of those people, your ego is such that if it's a problem for you, it should be a problem for the rest of humanity and all of animal kind. But ultimately Chris, ultimately, Chris, no one cares about your problems. And, How rude. and it's not a problem for you. It could be a problem for many other people. How many billions of people are there currently in the planet at the moment? I think a lot of those billions of people may consider the Mesopotamian problem. Looking back on it from the future to have been a a serious problem. You see? But they're not in the future, they're in the past, technically, because it has not 
entirely happened yet. So this is what they want. They want you to be the crazy street preacher that's saying the world's ending, the world's ending is the vegetarians. It says so in the Bible, Chris. <laughs> Revelations during the end times, people are going to adopt a vegetarian diet. It says so right there in the in the Bible. The dark pastor herself would be able to uh, <laughs> confirm that in Revelations. It talks about all sorts of strange comings and goings. And one of them's that vegetarian cult, Chris, you talk about. Yes, those bloody vegans. <laughs> what they got against milk, Lee, and what they got against milk? The cows, it upsets the cows. Oh, shame. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so the, the tricky part is, is trying to put this into a context that, yes, doesn't make me sound like a crazy from an, um, wearing no clothes and a funny jacket, like smelling funky and shit. Um, ultimately, we're talking about things that underpin the universe. Well, this particular one, anyway. The one that matters for you lot. And trying to make sense <laughs> of... Universe one. <laughs> universe one. <laughs> Earth One. Yeah, we can say Earth One. I'm not sure I feel about Universe One. Oh, um, one. Bit of a stretch there. The um, so yeah, so kind of problem with Earth One is there's some uh, sleeping giants that kind of underpin this particular kind of reality um, and its mechanisms. And let's face it, we were very good at keeping them quiet and asleep. Um, but there is a stirrings going on, and too many people are playing with things that they don't understand, innit? Hmm. So are you saying that a certain giants and such have been woken from their slumber? No, or, they're being stirred. Or are they being prodded? Wake up, wake up. They're being prodded and stirred. And if they, you know, at that point that even one eye kind of opens, you know, that kind of smog bit where like, kind of like, oh, shit, dragon's awake. Um, This is what we're kind of talking about, kind of the understirrings of particularly tricky individuals. So I was under the impression, from my perspective, that at some point they are going to decide to come back. So it's a case of going off on a jolly, like you go off on a jolly, right? They go off on holiday and that, and the little mouses and that, they kind of evolve a little bit. They come scurrying out, nibble on any other little crisps and crackers and stuff you've got lying about. And then at some point, you fling the door open with your suitcase and say, honey, I'm home. And then all of a, it was all like a, a big change happens. Very, very big change. Daddy is back in the building. Okay. So that's the kind of thing that's going on. That hasn't happened yet, has it? No. No. But it's going to happen. Yes. And isn't supposed to technically happen in our lifetime, Liam. It's but, not. Um, I'm getting the impression that it might so do towards the end of our lifetime here, this time round. 
and I is not contracted to be involved in that shit, hence why it's a problem. But what is the real problem? Because the problem for you is a little different than the problem for the rest of humanity, I'm presuming, you know? Because what I'm seeing here is I'm thinking, well, the problem for you is having to put up with the nitwits that seem to think daddy is still in the building when daddy's on holiday and are talking yeah, to daddy yeah. and actually they're not they're not talking to daddy at all um they're talking uh, they just to think oh there's a sense of something here there's a great sleeping giant about i'll pull on this i'll call upon it and what they don't realize is that yes daddy's been there a long time ago you can still smell the aftershave, the cologne of Daddy and such, and see the remnants of it. But Daddy's not actually there. When Daddy well, what you're listening to when you call Daddy is the answer phone message. Yes. You're not aware that it's the answer phone message. You're aware. You think that that's a Daddy talking to you, and it's not. Mm. So, so when the little mice says do come back are they going to be uh you know when daddy comes back and sees the little mice are the little mice gonna be correct in thinking oh look daddy's back he's on our side or or is daddy gonna come back and say oh mice and set the cat on them possibly the latter uh, but it really depends on what order they come back in yes does the cat creep in first? Because you know they do that, don't they? As soon as you slightly open a fucking door, a cat's straight in there or straight out. So they could send the cats in before Daddy comes home just to make sure there is no mice. Mm. That's how I'd do it. But that's that's me. But you're not friendly towards mice then, are you? No, not particularly. I hate an infestation. Right. Do you think our Mesopotamian frenemies would be... Uh happy with mices or do they think oh it's like bacteria <laughs> i don't know sometimes i if i remember rightly again depends on which order they come back in mm. but if they come in the wrong order then it could be ah oh, free experimental mices let's get the cages out right um, it's not going to be a harmonious relationship like many other spirits and such of a local persuasion that yes was... these these particular daddies like to um be the ones in control uh, which is problematic for those that don't have magic of a particular level like suppose is the best way to put it so 99 percent of practitioners out right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, not even, including the, that's not even including the mundanes. Oh, the mundanes might be all right. They know their place. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they'll think Jesus has come again. They'll be very happy. Well, they, this is the, this is this is uh, working on a multiple uh, different levels. You see, because many people will think this is all doom and gloom, and they'll think, "Oh dear, Liam and Chris are talking about uh, some great change that happens in the twenty first century. Some great change that's going to happen, and uh, a load of powerful spirits are coming back, and there being a geopolitical upset on a multi dimensional mm. level." <laughs> 
It's kind yes. of like, it's kind of like if you work in a shop, you know, you've got the shop manager. Yeah, shop manager. Every now and then you hear whisperings that the area manager might be coming. But on this one occasion, what we now are aware of is the branch manager is getting his best time because the area manager is coming and the directors of the business and a bunch of higher ups are all coming at once, which is unprecedented, completely unprecedented. That don't happen on a day to day business, a day to day basis. That don't even happen uh, once every year or so. This happens every now and then. Big cyclical changes, Chris. Big cyclical changes. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, depending on who comes in what order will depend on what, what that means for everybody. But And this is the, the kind of part where it's like, it's problematic for those that have other <laughs> um, embassies, shall we say. And, be, <laughs> <laughs> and therefore have to be aware that there's a political shift, like you do when any major change in government. But we're not talking about one country's government. We're talking about what the uh, what those Scientologists would call the New World Order. Um, like, do you know, it, this is this isn't kind of like you know a new king. This is the Sith have arrived. You know, battleships ready. Um, like, and only because it really depends on what it comes on, and depending on who comes in what order will depend on whether or not this is a, you know, world-ending kind of situation. And I don't mean literally. The Earth will be here long after you lot leave. Um, but the, you know, because that's that's always the, the thought process, isn't it? That it's an end of world, like a cataclysmic event or whatever. At the end of the day, this rock survived after all the dinosaurs were killed. Like, do you know what I mean? This rock does well. It knows its place. And it's very good at staying there. Oh. Um, but people get all very kind of like, oh, no, end of world situation. Like, no, you're talking potentially end of consciousness might be a big one. Um, actually not being aware that you're a slave in a machine is, 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 a, is a big scary one for those that like our control. Like... We're not necessarily talking the the waves rising up and and swallowing the entire planet in water, like ultimately none of this shit matters. But it's it's complicated and depends on what order comes. But at the end of the day, you've got to get through the previous problem first before this really matters, which is the Norse one. Um, and I don't, don't want to waste too much time talking about that. But the point is, that's the one that's going to be messy. Um, you might not even be aware of the Mesopotamian change mm. um, unless you're practising at a certain level, which makes that sound like it's only a problem for the elite. Um, it kind of is. Um, <laughs> that's because that's the rest of the Muppets won't be aware of what's going on. So I don't know. Am I being elitist, Liam? You're being elitist. You're showing your elitism, definitely. So let's take this a step backwards because people will either understand what we're talking about or they won't understand. If they don't understand, they cannot understand because they are not operating on the level that they can actually see. 
this multi-dimensional shift. So for those that cannot see, I'm going to break things down even simpler because you don't, you cannot understand the Mesopotamian problem or probably the Norse problem. So there's no real fucking point in it explaining it, right? Instead, we'll offer up some interesting things for you to go away and mull over and think about, okay? This may allude to a potential change that's coming. It may not. Ultimately, hopefully you'll get something out of this from furthering, you know, in terms of furthering your own magical development and such. There is a great culture and a lot of energies and stuff around Mesopotamian kind of era, long, long time ago. Great advancement, okay? Very strong, potent. What happened was that is like one of the first early steps, okay? The foundation that pretty much all of Western occultism is built on. It goes a Mesopotamian, Egyptian, Greco-Roman, all of these things, they're all built on top of each other when you trace it back and look at it back, which basically means every part of magical practice today in the Western world, in all of these Western traditions, are built upon the basic foundation, the binary, that is the Mesopotamian magical practice, essentially. Now, the problem that you don't understand, the problem that is quite worrying for some, is that if your entire practice is you stood on a rug, and the person that understands that rug more than anyone, the one that fucking built it in the first place, decides to come back and pull that rug from once under you, you're going to topple over and break your fucking neck. This would be the problem. Chris, they haven't got any new tricks. There's been no development, little development. Mm. They're one-trick ponies. They feel like they've evolved, but they're still bolting on to that tiny little house that was originally there. That foundation is still there. They may have built upwards, but they're still on that fucking foundation. And the problem is, like with anything, if you target a foundation, or you have power over a building or a thing's foundation, you can fuck it right up. So the foundational energies of everyone's practice in the Western world all of these different things, and to a certain extent, a lot foundational practice in terms of, you know, all of these basic principles of the universe. Interesting. Older energies coming back. A lot of people think older energies are a couple of thousand years old. We're talking about energies that go off on holiday to a different tree, okay? We're not talking about fucking off to universe, uh, you know, Earth 2 or something like that. We're not talking about changing the little grape, going from one grape to another. We're talking about things that can move from one tree to the next. And if this entire system, this little tree of life that we have, what then happens when you're dealing with something that has the ability to go and create forests? Little worrying. You're just one little fucking tree. Trees are apparently quite big to an ant, but oh, a bit worrying. I think just to kind of push that a little bit further, I know we're on the 
the non-patron area at the moment but just to kind of give them a concept because i think what they misunderstand sometimes when we talk about the kind of elitism of it of that kind of like why aren't you practicing at a better level than you are mm. or why aren't you pushing to the next level because ultimately witchcraft is that kind of ladder journey of you making up those kind of and i don't want to now i've used a ladder it kind of sounds like ascension i don't want to talk about that but the um that kind of understanding what your foundation looks like having a complete control over foundational magic here um and then kind of moving on beyond that and the importance of that next step that getting to that intermediary stuff and uh, you know hopefully up to that advanced stuff is about making sure that you aren't you know on a basic level affected by shifts like this if you're wanting to have this continued control beyond this life and multiple others and actually having full command of what actually your branch even looks like um not even being aware of necessarily the tree but at least knowing what your branch the individual leaves and grapes or whatever you want to call them that are growing on them um you know being able to actually have a knowledge of I'm not even saying a command of we're talking about knowledge of alone um in order to get you to those kind of intermediary points the advanced stuff is kind of beyond that um but actually understanding what the foundations of this universe are made of and we don't and i don't mean by fucking matter um we're talking beyond that but the actually having an understanding of where you exist why you exist here and how you can manipulate around you to make sure what's possible around you and those multiple across those kind of multiple parts of the branch and i just i think sometimes the elitism of it is kind of wiped to one side and kind of dismissed because why do i need to know how to do that as long as i've got you know money and a job and a house and and those things like that kind of you know 3d understanding of what this is all for um they don't want anything beyond that well, mainly because they don't know there is anything beyond that but the point is that's that's what's lacking and that's what we struggle with is being able to have the conversations that we'd like to have with people who understand there is more to it than that mm. And I think I, I struggle with that. And that's where it comes off as elitism, which, you know, technically it is. Um, but it's down to the fact of how boring that is for us, not being able to have those kind of conversations and those kind of practical um, demonstrations that we would like to see. It's a middle management issue, Chris. That's what it is. It's a middle management issue. The mundanes will feel the repercussions of it, but they will not come. They won't understand any of that. You know, they won't be the ones that are making the decisions that affect them. That the, they will have to live with the decisions that the middle managers decide to make. Middle management is what we do. We're almost like middle management fucking consultants. Middle manager. So what's a middle manager, I hear you ask? Well, middle manager is those people of the adept standard, you say. When you get to management, you've got something 
and you see a lot of these people have been very sheltered in this little here universe for a while now <laughs> and run things the way they want to run things do things the way they want to do things and uh, mummies and daddies and such the whole fucking pta yeah they're all coming they're all coming and guess what you get judged extremely harshly when the director and all of the powerful people, directors, board of directors, area managers, and all of that decide, because they base all of everything on a basically, what, an hour or two visit to your little bear store that you run. So your entire practice, and you have not got the power. You're used to, you are used to having a considerable amount of power and being able to use your ability and such to destroy any block that is in your way. And this is one of my favorite things, one of my favorite little pastimes is fucking up the Adeptus because they're so used to all the blockades being open, all of their magical practice so firmly, solidly cemented in this reality that they then fail to struggle with this entire reality, everything, all these little Neoplatonists love the all. Mm. There's bigger things than the all. They mm. cannot get their head around it. They just can't, Chris. And when the things come, well, we gotta hope that they don't, they find you amusing or that they don't decide to wipe you the fuck out. Which is generally what happens, let's be fair. Don't like that, change that, sack that person. Which in this situation, what we potentially may have, which is what the Mesopotamian problem is, is idiots and fuckwits saying to this well-dressed man and lady that turn up at the shop, Oi, wait there, stay there. And they're so stupid that they do not understand that what they just said was they tried to command an insult and be rude to the director and majority shareholders of the company that they work for because they think I know my supervisor, I know my assistant manager, I know my branch manager, I know maybe the area manager. Oh no, no. They're all little bitches compared to what's coming. But there we go. We've got about four minutes left of the regular edition of the podcast. Is there anything else we need to say? to the mundanes and such that are listening, the the plebs that do not subscribe to the <laughs> of Witchcraft Patreon for the extended editions of these. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of going to just kind of tease, because um, I'm not going to talk about it the other side. I'm going to talk about far more interesting things like the politics. <gasps> but the, um, I think I might share some of the politics the other side. I just really, really want to talk about global warming. Because people think the Norse problem is much about racism and such when it's not. That's just a minor symptom. And people often think, I think, big changes up. They're thinking global warming. Oh, the global warming, the ice caps melt, the penguins upset and plastic in the ocean. Oh, dear. Oh, it gets so much worse than that, Chris. I do <laughs> hope you talk, tell us all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kind of last thing I want to slip in there is um, Mesopotamia, obviously, imagine when 
when when daddy goes away um normally one of the the older ones um of the children will normally be the one that tries to pick up the mantle while daddy's away um and likes to play at being daddy um and we have what? this thing hermes trismegistus <laughs> um, i was gonna go for... I was going to go for not that one actually. I was going to go for the Abraham. Jehovah. <laughs> yeah. You were going for Jehovah. Oh, I was wait. going for Jehovah. Wow, I see. So just to kind of give you an idea of what that looks like. So in while while um, the eldest is playing daddy, obviously lots of things kind of get messed around and they use some of the same language that daddy uses but in the wrong context <laughs> um and gives you an idea of what's kind of going on so if you kind of want to give a bit of a feel of some of the things that are possible you've got enough written documented evidence there for you to actually look at some of it Documented evidence written down. Chris, do they need to learn Hebrew or something? Or is this something you can read in English? Hey, <laughs> when you get to the level that you're supposed to be getting at, language is not a barrier. Oh, you're talking hieroglyphics or some shit like that, aren't you? You're talking about opening up stone tablets as if they were a book with a lid cover that you open up. Maybe. Like Maybe that I'm fake book. I got a fake book and it looks like a book you open up, you put a key in it and it's actually got a secret compartment. It's much like that with hieroglyphics. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I suppose we're on the Patreon now. Where do we go from here? So, uh, global warming? <laughs> Oh no, don't tell me Chris is disappeared. Oh fuck, I think the Mesopotamians have got him. He's just staring at me on the Skype. Right, okay. I think they've got him. Mesopotamian abduction. You need to explain global warming. Well, I thought that you disappeared, Chris, because your face has just stayed in the same kind of stern look. I don't know whether you're just giving me a stern look or whether the, the camera's frozen or what. But I don't know. I thought that there was some sort of Mesopotamian abduction. He's disappeared completely now. Oh, dear. I think they're on to us, everyone. This is worse than that fucking one-eyed wonder when he comes for tea. But there we go. So have a little think about your practice then. So what does your practice comprise of? And how far back can you take the underpinning structure of your practice? Because... We're really, we're talking about very early man and woman and such at this point. We're talking very early um, structural understandings. In Western occultism, both within witchcraft, general occultism and the ceremonial magicians clubs as they love, there's great emphasis that is put on learning ancient language, learning origins, researching origins, folklore, uh, myth, all of that kind of stuff. All of these things are built on basic structure, the basic structure of 
evolving and trying to understand well what is that weird cracking lightning flashy stuff in the sky or oh, it's lightning we'll call it lightning and oh there must be a god or a force behind it all of that kind of stuff now the first instances when cultures start to really reach out to these energies okay start to become self-aware evolution okay to a certain extent humanities evolution people homo sapiens and, and that relationships and such and bonds are created generally speaking empires rise and fall yes but things often get borrowed it's not like a complete we've got a great civilization oh it got lost and it's completely destroyed people obviously progress people move right nomadic whatever you however you want to see it or understand it you've got your ancestors you've got the people that you've inherited your culture and customs and such from and they all disperse and go in various different um directions and stuff but underneath all of this there's underpinning similarities and such we all look up at the sky we see the sun and we see the moon and such yes so that's very much within our culture now when you trace western occultism and practice no matter where you really are in the west you'll see these underpinning structures and some of those are borrowed very much and taken from earlier structures and the problem that you have is that a lot of the energy that gets worked with in modern times all these big gods goddesses and deities and such these personifications they're very much through a very weak lens okay so going into pantheons and religion and stuff is is difficult enough as it is right so i'm not going to try and insult people's practice or religions or things like that but what you need to understand is that it's a lot more complicated than a lot of people would have you believe which is oh i pray to venus oh well i just call her aphrodite it's a lot more complicated than that what you'd actually refer to as a god or a deity or this type of spirit that type of spirit it doesn't mean that they are necessarily all personifications of an energy current or force or something like that you might be just keeping alive and keeping afloat some dead person that died a thousand years or so ago that's been uh, sucking on the juices of uh, living people energetic juices obviously we're not talking incubus succubus kind of juices right so thinking about this magical practitioners really do struggle to understand what the fuck they're dealing with deities spirits all of that kind of thing there really is little to no investigations that go on i find with a lot of magical practitioners so when they appear when a spirit or something appears to them and they think wow this is super powerful and it calls itself this or it calls itself that or it's able to do this or that or it's able to normally you get it with the hierarchies one spirit wiping out another spirit okay like you get in a certain uh saturnian uh spirit to wipe out a bunch of angels that are getting in your way right a lot of people think ah my religion angels super powerful archangel michael oh really big protector something else comes along bigger fish wipes him out as if it was nothing as if a blowing away a bit of fucking fluff right 
this is what we're talking about. A lot of humans and stuff lack the ability to actually get much of the attention or to get the attention of a lot of really big, powerful spirit because they're just not interested, you know? You're not really doing work that requires you to have a relationship with those sorts of things. Now, what happens is that every now and then the board game gets shuffled, reset, moved about and such. And when great changes happen, there are those that go with the changes and there are those that fight against the changes. Okay. And if you're one to fight against a change because you feel that you know better or you dislike what's gonna, you know, transition or such, you could end up being one of the ones that gets swept away. And do you have the ability to protect yourself and fix? you know, the situation? Do you have the ability to even comprehend the situation in the first place? The answer, generally speaking, is no. Why are we having this discussion? We're not having the discussion because we're trying to warn people or anything like that, because it doesn't matter, okay? What we are trying to get a point is because we're very much about assisting people to progress down their magical path and stuff, is there's a very big, well, I wouldn't say big, a small group of very, very comfortable magical practitioners, uh, ma magical practitioners that are out there. They're quite happy with the status quo. They're quite happy with how things are. They've got to a standard and a comfort level and such that they're very much happy. You know, they feel they've uh, our top dog, right? top of the pyramid. Unfortunately for those people that's not the case, okay? And they might get a rude awakening at some point very soon. Now does that matter to anyone that's probably listening here? No. But the problem is, is that within a lot of mod magical podcasts, paganism, all of that information that gets put out there, you've either got a bunch of fucking loony crazes which some are loony and crazy, some are just misunderstood, don't eloquently put their point across in plain everyday language. Not saying I can do that, mind you, but I give it a go. But we have these people that aren't really talking about a lot of issues. The sort of things that do get discussed at a higher level of magical practice and such are things like this. And the everyday magical practitioner and the solitary practitioners that don't operate with other people on a higher level or anything like that miss out on all of this. They don't understand it. They don't get to see it. And by having conversations like this, which we weren't actually going to originally discuss this problem in any great detail, Mesopotamian problem or anything like that, um, other than with the people in general they're actually concerned. So we weren't going to put a lot of content out there, but we've alluded to it enough that people started asking questions and some people have shown an interest, some people have even shown that they understand what's going on. And I think it is unfair to censor information because you think someone is too stupid to deal with it. I think that if someone who is a five-year-old asks you to explain quantum entanglement, I don't think you should say you need to go through several more years of school and then maybe go to university before we start having that discussion. I think 
that you give them what they ask, okay? I think that if someone is out of their depth, right, and you believe it's very obvious that it's out of their depth and does not concern them, the very fact that they're asking, I do not like the idea of the occult lodges and stuff that are very secretive and talk about big things and that you need to pass a dozen initiatory grades in order to get there. I sympathise with the fact that it's very difficult to have high-level conversations when plebs are around. But realistically, the idea of I only talk to someone that is operating at my level, that understands and sees this, to me, ethically, I think that it's a problem that we're having in this century. With the great changes that occur, you know, people talk about the age of Aquarius and stuff, information and stuff like that. We are all, as humans, in this 21st century, it seems struggling to deal with more information than we can cope with. You see this with social media, you see this with the internet. Humans aren't really coping all that well with having an abundance of information, being able to type anything they want in Google and have it actually pop up, being bombarded constantly with social media with people getting blown up in one country or stabbed in another country. People aren't coping with a lot of information. And for the human race, it's quite worrying because as we go through this next phase, right, there's going to be an abundance of information. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you aren't going to be in a position where you're going to be able to bury your head in the sand. We think of when we think of a lot of elderly people, there's kind of some jokes about the elderly not wanting to adopt smartphones or they want old lady goes to the post office to withdraw, withdraw a pension every week or so in cash because she doesn't want a bank account, all that kind of thing. This is not going to be an option, okay? Big changes are occurring in the, in this physical reality, this world, which means that you're not going to be able to bury your head in the, in the sand. So you might as well buck up your ideas and start to acclimatise to the situation that we're going to invariably find ourselves in. Now, I know that this has been a massive ramble and I've chat, 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 but that is mainly because I have to keep the old ball rolling because I do believe the Mesopotamians may be of abducted um, abducted, 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 stolen Chris away, okay? Whether he's getting the anal probe or something like that, I don't know. That's the, what is it? That That's like all the alien shit, isn't it? We are going rather conspiracy theory based at the moment, I know. Um, but who knows? It's one of those things. A lot of people, no doubt, will start to see this as it crops up in their everyday life. But there we go. So, Mesopotamian problem, summing up Mesopotamian problem. Is it a problem? It's a potential problem. Who is it a potential problem for? It's a potential problem for the people that think that they have actually got their shit together, are all their ducks in the row and their house in order, and are soon going to find that these potent energies that they believe they can rely on to protect them and to secure their positions will soon be out of their fucking depth. Banged up, locked up, thrown out, baby with the bath war, all of that, gone. Which is quite amusing, but at the same time also quite sad, because unfortunately, you know, it is one of those things, it may be nice, it may not be nice, but I don't, I do like 
to deal with intermediate practitioners and adept practitioners. I spend a lot of time working with beginners and guiding them through their magical, you know, paths and such like that. But uh, it's very, it's, it's just a shame. I'm seeing a lot more people that have really spent and delved into the occult world have got so far, got to an impressive standard and yet, are making some rather awkward and silly choices and mistakes because they're failing to see what their practice is entirely comprised of and the weaknesses within their magical practice. I.e. the beginner may be thinking of how spells work and such and this and that. We're actually talking at this point, what realities are you grounding yourself in and aspects of yourself, you know? if you're trying to connect with things very much outside of this reality, outside of this universe, outside of the tree, bad things can happen when you connect with a bigger thing, a bigger tree, okay? Something more powerful, because when you've got this firm foundation that you have, and you are trying to do a tug of war, with something with a bigger foundation than you and better technique, you're gonna fucking lose, okay? <coughs> but there we go. So, Chris hasn't joined us. We've got about 15 minutes left. So, this is the first episode of the second series of the No Horse Witchcraft podcast. It's been crazy to think that it's actually been a hundred episodes. And it's very, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. It's very strange. Whether this new series stays in the kind of same way, same format and such as the old series, the first series, No Horse Bar Witchcraft, because some people are telling me that it's evolving a little bit and that things have changed when you listen to the first kind of episodes, you listen to the later episodes, there's a lot of things that are changing. What? I think me and Chris would both like is for you to give us a really, you know, be very open with us in terms of what you see and what you like from the show, from the No Hoss Bar Witchcraft podcast show. Do you like the interviews? Would you like us to set up more interviews? Would you like us to interview you? Would you like to be on the show? Do you prefer more themed um, episodes? Would you prefer something that's a little bit more educational? Because the idea of the No Horse Barred Witchcraft podcast originally was never to do with education. It was more about humour and kind of social aspects towards, well, basically, my personal take on it was we wanted to create a podcast where people left saying, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that. Because too much of podcasts nowadays are either over-intellectualised bullshit, which you may as well read in a book, or they're kind of a little bit gossipy or beginnery. What we wanted to talk about was a little bit more about, well, what do magical practitioners get up to? Do we have to really dumb things down? We do attempt to put things in a slightly more simple context because we don't necessarily know specifically who are listening to this. You know, we have some rough ideas because we meet some of you lot, but not everyone. Um, so in terms of where we see the show going, what you'd like from us, we're definitely open to ideas, you know, there's one thing that we can do is evolve and change things if you'd like 
you've probably noticed that we haven't done a lot of like the pop culture Disney ones for a while because some people like them or quite a few people disliked them. I do, however, I put my foot down and I've been demanding that we do a Mary Poppins one and a Bedknobs and Broomsticks one because there's so much magic in that and it illustrates so many points that I like in terms of students and learning and stuff that I think that is probably going to be a, a big one an important one um but it's not like it's going to be i don't think that our cultural ones or pop culture ones are like heavily overly invested in telling you about storylines and stuff like that it, you know a lot of those kind of things is more about just using that as a framework to look at themes that come up in these ideas and talk about how you would do it in real life um, you know, Pinocchio, and I think we talked about egregore creation and that kind of thing. It wasn't about Pinocchio being an egregore. It was more about let's use that as a way of having this conversation. And then also taking the piss, like the old charmed ones. Or remember that one about, um, oh, what was it called? Treason, that Dante's Cove one. I've really got to watch another episode of that. You can tell I'm rambling. It's turning into one of my ramblings now. So um, there we go. That is it for the Whores of Babylon. There are going to be one or two changes that go on this year. I don't really want to announce them at the moment, but we are trying to, as we always do, rethink about the formats, rethink about how we do things, and also trying to be a little bit more economical with our time and stuff. So you may find some of, although the podcast is continuing and such, for the foreseeable future, as far as I'm aware. Um, we may be changing, there may be bits and pieces that end up getting put out. There may be uh, a possible, although I probably shouldn't say it, a possible redevelopment of the website. Because I think as we all evolve, us as teachers, we've evolved in terms of what students and people that we mentor and stuff say that they want, say that they're interested in. I think there's a big danger that when we start getting a little audience that becomes an echo chamber and just says that they love everything we do, that that, you know, it's nice to hear that, but at the same time, it doesn't give us a lot to kind of aim and grow into. So in terms of rethinking about formats for things, watch this space. There will be some changes. We're probably going to be getting, doing away with one or two platforms and things like that. But overall, obviously, you can always find us on the Thoughtwitch Press Patreon because that's staying. Um, we'll be re redeveloping the website probably at some point this year. And obviously, Witchcraft Live, the Facebook group, will still be there. Um, I haven't been adding a huge amount of late, mainly because... You know, I try to stay out and let other people put their own two cents in. I think there can be a big problem with Facebook groups and such that because me and Chris kind of started it off, what we don't want to happen is that someone posts something or asks a question or something and we jump in and give our explanation and then people think, well, that's the only explanation. Um, I've seen that happen every now and then where, you know, I've posted and such before and People kind of think, well, I don't want to do the opposite of what Liam said, or I don't want to, you know, jump on that because he's answered that question, you know. So it is a little bit difficult with things like that. 
at the end of the day, we only really care about progression from a magical perspective of ourselves and our mentees, the people we mentor and we teach. There are so many people in this kind of little no holds barred witchcraft community that don't really have anything to do with us. You know, they're not people that we've ever met. They're not people that we speak to online or anything like that. They may be in the groups. There are a couple of people on Patreon and such but we don't actually have any any really input with them or even know them um, or know their names. So it's interesting why people are obviously, because we don't necessarily know, do we, why they come into the group and stuff and just kind of watch. I'm presuming that they're lurkers, but you know, I'm not saying that people need to be more active, but in terms of what we invest in, the content that we're putting out with. Talk to the people that actually post, you know, we're going to be going more by what they say and what they're requesting in terms of content and stuff like that. Now from season two, um, there was quite a few people because we've always obviously asked you to give us ideas for podcast episodes and also give us ideas for um content and stuff like that in general now i will say right now i am aware that during the first season of the no holds barred witchcraft podcast we had several people that did ask us um for specific episodes and stuff like that i'm not going to specifically name any names but we will be covering things like dr google um, at your service, okay, dear devil, possessed nuns, letter from the devil, um, various things that people have asked us to cover, and we will be covering them. I have literally, the spreadsheet in front of me is on 282, so we have about 181 or so episodes yet to have gotten around to. That's what we're actually doing. So the the ones that we've already got go up, they're all in green, one, two, 101. And then it goes literally past that to sell uh, 282. So yeah, we've got loads and loads of content that we've got planned that people have asked us for and such like that. But if there is anything that you really want and you think is important to get done quickly, then please say, Liam, Chris, I'd prefer you to do this. I'd really love for you to do that sometime soon because otherwise it will get put on this list. And we basically go by and try to prioritise the people that shout the loudest and then also what we feel like doing. I've tried to get Chris to do this one for ages, the Mesopotamian problem and the Norse problem one, and he's been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. So for the person that actually named this episode, the Horrors of Babylon, it's not my fault. I'm blaming it entirely on Chris. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there we go. Oh, I've got five minutes left and I don't know what else to talk about. You see? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to end the show, first show, early. And I'm going to say thank you very much. Because I've literally, I've got to now go and see one of our patrons who's on next, the map maker. So I will end this now and I will say 
goodbye to everyone.